now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. mellow opening Eyes full of compassion. this is Amy Grant every pain. from like a million years ago knowing what you're going through and feeling it the same it's the very first song I ever heard as Christian it's like my father's eyes my father's eyes my father's eyes. Oh, we got a lot of news to talk about tonight, people. Oh, 
That's a classic. That's classic Christian music. Yeah, it is. That's Christian music, like way back in the 80s, 1980s, not 2000, not the 1800s. But so. early 80s at that. Early 80s. This was the, the very first Christian song that I ever heard in my entire life. Amy Grant's song, Father's Eyes. So kind of more mellow. It's not quite like upbeat but you know i thought it would might be um a good song to open the show with tonight because um you know unless you're under a rock you you probably you know don't know that you don't know that um kobe bryant and his daughter and a whole bunch of other people uh died today and um you know, I actually heard about it on TikTok. You guys can believe it. I know I'm, some of you are on Periscope. I don't have enough followers on TikTok to go live yet. That's the only reason I'm not live on TikTok. Um, you need a thousand followers to go live, and I haven't been on the platform long enough for that to happen yet. But um, I heard about it on TikTok, and then Randall found an article over on, was it TMZ? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, saying that it, they didn't... They weren't sure. They weren't sure Conflicting that... Conflicting reports. Right. So, but apparently it must be true because it's 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 all over the place. It's on the Drudge Report um, and all that. And, you know, I grew up in California. Um, Kobe Bryant is a worldwide name. Everybody knows the name. And uh, it's, a, it's a sad day, especially for the sports world, well, you know. Certainly. So, uh, did you want to say something? Well, I mean, people die every day. Um, True. And and tragic ways. When it's someone famous, more people are aware of it. It's no less a tragic death. Um, it's just because they're a famous person, word spreads, and more people know about it. Each, the passing of each and every life, uh, born and unborn. You know, is 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 a tragic thing, um, but certainly, you know, not to diminish it in any way. I think of the you know, thirteen-year-old daughters. Now there's a widow with uh, four children, as I understand, if I recall correctly, and one of them is young as seven months old. Um, now you know, children without their father, wife without her husband. And um, I'm sure nobody, you know, got up this day expecting that. Knew that was on the agenda today. Right. And then there was the the girls, uh, Gigi's basketball coach, also perished, as I understand. And, and also, a, you know, a, a young family, relatively young, you know, wife and mother gone. And, and yeah. We just never know. Right. And, you know, we talk about this all the time on this show. Um, we talk about how it says it's appointed unto man once to die and then after that the judgment. Um, and, you know, that judgment is really real. 
right? So what, what I'm going to do tonight, though, is there's a couple of things I got planned, and then Randall, of course, is going to jump into First John. So if you guys get your Bibles handy right now, start getting those Bibles out, people. Get them out. This is Bible News Radio. So we're hitting the news first, and then we're going to look at the Bible. Um, so there's a couple of things I wanted to say. I want to read, you know, obviously for me, one of the first things I always think about when I hear somebody who's famous has passed, I wonder if they're a believer, if they were a follower of Christ. Uh, so I Googled, was Kobe Bryant a Christian? Because I don't know him, just so you know. And up came this article on the Catholic News Agency's website. And I'm going to read the article uh, to you. And I think I, I sent it to you, right? Uh, I don't know. I think I did. Okay. Well, anyway, I think I did. Let me look. No, I didn't. Didn't. Oh, I posted it on my Facebook page, but I can just send it to you. Hold on. That's not necessary. Okay. Well, I'll read it then. Um, okay. So it says here, the Catholic faith of Kobe Bryant. Um, it says here, um, basketball superstar Kobe Bryant died Sunday in a helicopter crash in Southern California along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Bryant, the father of four, was Catholic. In all, nine people were killed in the January 26th crash. Bryant, 41, is widely considered one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He retired in 2016 after a 20-year career with the L.A. Lakers, in which the shooting guard won five NBA championships, a league MVP award, two scoring championships, and a myriad of other distinctions. Beyond basketball, Bryant was a husband and a father who in 2015 attributed his Catholic faith with helping him move past a challenging period in his own life and the life of his family. Bryant was raised in a Catholic family and spent much of his childhood living in Italy. He married in 2001 in a Southern California parish. In 2003, Bryant was arrested after he was accused of raping a woman in a Colorado hotel room. He admitted a sexual encounter with the woman, but denied that he had committed sexual assault. When the allegation became public, Bryant lost sponsors and faced criminal charges, which were eventually dropped. Bryant issued a an apology to his accuser, with whom he also reached a settlement in a civil lawsuit. Although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident the same way I did. After months of reviewing discovery, listening to her attorney, and even her testimony in person, I now understand how she feels that she did not consent to this encounter, Bryant said in his 2004 apology. In 2015, the basketball player told GQ that after the matter was resolved, he decided to shed some superficiality he felt he had built up in his public persona. What I came to understand coming out of Colorado is that I had to be me in the place where I was at that moment. Bryant said it was a priest who helped him to make some important personal realizations during the, or the ordeal. Describing his fear of being sent to prison for a crime he believed he did not commit, uh, Bryant told GQ that the one thing that really helped me during that process, I'm Catholic, I grew up Catholic, my kids are Catholic, was talking to a priest. It was actually kind of funny. He looks at me and says, 
did you do it? And I say, of course not. He then asks, do you have a good lawyer? And I'm like, uh, oh yeah, he's phenomenal. Uh, you can't handle, oh wait, no, he's phenomenal. So then he just said, let it go, move on. God's not going to give you anything you can't handle. And it's in his hands now. This is something you can't control. So let it go. And that was the turning point. Bryant said in a 2004 decision to place deeper trust in God did not mean the basketball star's life was thereafter without difficulties or defined by virtue. In 2011, Vanessa Bryant filed for divorce from Kobe, citing irreconcilable differences, but Bryant said he decided not to give up on his marriage, and two years later his wife withdrew her divorce petition. I'm not going to stay, say our marriage is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, Bryant told GQ in 2015. We still fight just like every married couple, but you know my reputation as an athlete is that I'm extremely determined and that I will work my, then he says bad word, off. How could I do that in my professional life if I wasn't like that in my personal life when it affects my kids? It wouldn't make any sense. Bryant and his wife have been reported to be regular parishioners at an Orange County, California parish. Singer Christina Ballestero posted in Instagram January 26th um, a story of her encounter with Bryant at Holy Family Cathedral in Orange, California at a weekly mass. By the way, I believe what he's talking about there, the Holy Family Cathedral, I believe that's the former Crystal Cathedral building. No. It's not? No. Okay, well then, never mind. We'll continue with the article. That's Christ, the Holy Family Cathedral is on Glacelle. Oh, Remember it is? just south of the plaza? On the, on the, uh, on the west side. Okay, no. Anyway. As we went up to communion, Bryant waited for me to go. If you grew up in the Catholic Church, you understand this is a respectful thing men to do in church as a sign of respect to women. He said, I have a beautiful voice. His most inspiring trait was his decision to turn his faith in God and receive God's mercy and to be a better man after a regretful uh, decision. Um, that's what the woman said. Kobe Bryant's death was reported in the media before the death of his daughter, Gianna, before the death of Gianna Bryant was reported. Los Angeles Archbishop Jose Gomez tweeted a tribute to the elder Bryant. And then it says here, Bryant also had connected his Catholic faith to a family commitment to help the poor through the Kobe and Vanessa Bryant family foundation. The foundation helped fund youth homeless shelters and other projects aimed at serving the poor. You have to do something that carries a little bit more weight to it, a little more significance, a little more purpose to it, he said in 2012, according to the Los Angeles Times. Homelessness is one of one homelessness is one that kind of gets pushed on the back burner because it's easy to point the blame at those who are homeless and say, well, you made that bad decision. This is where you are. It's your fault. Uh, in life, we all make mistakes and to stand back and allow someone to live that way and kind of wash your hands of it. That's not right, he said. Uh, funeral around, amount, announcements for Bryant and his daughter have not yet been announced. So if you just joined us, hello, people. Um, I wanted to let you know I'm reading an article over on the Catholic News Agency. It's titled The Catholic Faith of Kobe Bryant. I just read the whole article. Um, and, you know... 
One of my first questions, obviously, when I heard I heard this tragic news is, was he saved? My second question is, did he have a will? Uh, which we don't know either one, really. Um, the Catholic faith, um, well, the, you know, I believe that some Catholics are saved. I believe that some Catholics are not saved. That's my personal belief. Um, I don't really know if he was saved or not. So I believe that some Protestants are saved and some Protestants are right. not saved. Yeah. Narrow is the way that leads to life and few that be that find it. Yeah. So either, regardless, God's the judge. God knows, right? I mean, he knows our heart. God, judge, God judges the heart. And, um, you know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So only God knows if he was saved. Um, but based on that article, it's hard to tell because there was no mention of Jesus in it at all. And uh, Yeah, where we may be at uh, a loss to um, you know, judge or discern, better word, discern someone else's salvation, we can know about our own. And, yeah. Uh, we'll so get you, into that. So, do you want to talk about that now? Oh, uh, whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting. This is an interesting topic. And this morning, I posed to my friends on my text message list, which, by the way, you can join. If you're not on it yet, you can text Bible News to three three two two two. And if you watch the ticker down there, you can still see that info come down through there. If you haven't done it yet, if you need help doing it, just text me your phone number, and I can put you on the list. Um, I asked my text message list this morning to send me uh, an uh, tweets about, well, send me back information about um, about what their pastor talked about this morning. Because I was curious, and I also asked my Facebook friends that as well. So I want to read you some of the answers because um, I find this interesting. And as as we were talking about um, yesterday about end times Bible prophecy and stuff. Um, I believe when the Holy Spirit is moving among his people, that there's going to be a, a similar message going throughout the congregations where, where people are really being led by godly men. Okay? That's what I actually believe. Uh, and so I found these, these sermon messages, these, these things interesting. So I'm going to read you some of the comments I got. So Larissa said the Bible transforms people's lives. Uh, that was one of the, the things. She also said that their church is reading through Proverbs. Uh, every day in January. I recommend reading through Proverbs every month. Uh, there's 31 of them, so you can read Proverbs every day. Uh, my friend Denise said addiction as a four-part series. What is addiction for the addict, uh, for the family of the addict, or for the family of the addict who does not want to change? Such a welcome and great job on a difficult and unpopular subject. So that's cool. Um, Pastor Pete said uh, "Last your last words, part one. Interesting. Out of Acts chapter 20, verses 25 to 28. My friend Wanda from Pickleball said, Love your fellow man. Never tell someone that's your problem, not mine. Interesting. Uh, Charlene, she said, Be ready for when Jesus returns out of Matthew chapter 15. Uh, it says here, I think with the ten ladies with lamps and five had extra oil and was taken by the bridegroom and the other five didn't know them. Interesting. My friend Dana from Pickleball said, Be strong and courageous, Joshua chapter 1. But in order to be strong and courageous, we must be able to listen to the Lord just like Joshua did. 
my friend Larry from Pickleball, um, who's the husband of Wanda, um, he said, love everyone. My friend Pat um, said, all in due time. Uh, our pastor spoke out of Matthew 28 on the Great Commission. Um, my friend Bill said that his pastor talked about salvation. Now, over to my text message list, my friend Sharon said, my pastor said, wait, do what is right, and you will be blessed out of Luke chapter 6, verses 2 to 13. Um, Natasha said her, her pastor spoke about the seven churches in the book of Revelation, specifically the lukewarm church, uh, and they asked, which church are you? Are you lukewarm? And let's see here, um, let me see here, I'm going to see, there's not, there's, I have to flip a couple of pages here and make sure I get, um, Rita said Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 6, the, the knack is speck removal. That's an interesting title, but I guess the speck is in your own eye. That was a topic. Uh, my friend, Dr. Jennifer Fee said that she talked about a sermon on how the parable of the talents relates to investing in difficult family members and relationships. So, um, so that I have to talk to Jennifer about that. <laughs> I will get a private sermon from Jennifer later. Um, let's see here. Um, okay. I already read that one. Um, Jeannie from Georgia said her sermon was called my church. Uh, Jeremy said, is this the last time G Jesus passed you by? Very interesting. Um, and I'm trying to see if I got them all here. And I think that was it. So, so that was super encouraging to me because you know what? I see a theme and all of those things and how, who but God, you know, could, could be giving these messages about salvation, about hearing the Lord, and about the end times through... How many people do you think I, I, I mentioned there? There's over a dozen, probably. Um, and I think it's kind of cool because one of the things that we have to do as believers is, number one, we got to know what we believe and why we believe it, right? So the first thing is, what do you believe as a believer? What do you believe as a Christian? right? You believe the gospel, the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Simply, you know, simply put that Jesus was born of a virgin. That would be the Virgin Mary, right? You guys have heard of that, right? And then he was raised. Uh, well, he was, he was born of the Virgin Mary and the Holy Father, right? The Holy Spirit um, overpowered, overshadowed Mary so that, you know, God was Jesus's father. Um, and then he was raised and he walked among the people. He revealed himself to be the Messiah to the nation of Israel. Uh, they crucified him for it. He died on the cross. He was buried. And then, uh, well, he died for our sin, right? He was a sinless man crucified for us on the cross. Then he was taken down. He was buried three days in the ground. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. And then he hung out for 40 days after that and he talked to everybody. So it's interesting because he did that and then he ascended into heaven. And right before he went to heaven, he said, hey, you know, don't don't worry, guys. And I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, hey, you know what? Don't worry. I'm going to come back again. 
Because look, I'm going in the same way I'm leaving, I'm coming back. And we're at that time in history where we're waiting for him to return. And here's the thing, you know, Jesus came to set us free. And in the Gospel of John, I'm going to read you something. In John chapter 1, I know Bareface is going to get into this in a different book. But in the Gospel of John chapter 1, we read this. I'm going to read this in the beginning so you can see it. It's, it's vitally important. It says here, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All, thing, all things came into being through him and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being in him was the life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it there came a man sent from god whose name was john he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him he was not the light but he came to testify about the light there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. By the way, this is referring to Jesus coming to his own in Israel, the Jews. They didn't receive him. But as many as received him, Jesus to them he came he gave the right to become children of god even to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god that is very 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 key because in today's culture we'll hear this often we'll hear people say everybody is a child of god we're all child you know we're all children of god God loves us all, right? Okay, so there's a lie and there's a truth in there. Number one, God does love us all. That's true. We're not all children of God, though. We're all created by God, but we're not all children of God. Specifically says here in, in John chapter 1, verse 12, that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. So Jesus is vital in your salvation. <laughs> you can't become a Christian without receiving Jesus into your life, receiving him and the person of who he is. In fact, this whole chapter in John chapter one actually is outlining and talking about the deity of Christ, which means that, that Jesus is God. This is him. This is God. Jesus is God. Um, so we can get on, you know, so basically you have to receive Jesus. Did Kobe receive Jesus as his Lord and his Savior? I don't know. Because I don't know what Catholic church he went to. Like, I don't know what his Catholic church taught. Some Catholic churches may teach the gospel. Some may not. Just like some regular Protestant churches will. Some might, some may not. Um, and um, anyway, and uh, so... So here's the thing, though. You got to admit you're a sinner, right? You have to admit that you're in need of a, a savior because, you know, why do you need to be saved if you're perfect, right? So you got to admit that you're a sinner and then you receive Jesus and accept what he did on the cross. He died for the sins of the world, which includes yours, right? You receive that gift and then you get eternal life. In Romans, uh, we, we see that, right? We, we see that. 
you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, you know, and then we see that, you know, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, um, which, you know, is a great, great thing. And it also means when you're, when you die, if you're in Christ, you're not going to be condemned. So, uh, that is the very short version you want to, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll go ahead and look at your comments in just a second. But first we want to say Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. If you guys want to actually learn the Bible from the context in which it was written, go over to ariel.org and, um, check it out. A-R-I-E-L.org. You can use the, um, the, the coupon code Bible news. And you can save 20% when you use that coupon on anything in the store. In fact, I found out last night that they are offering the audiobook of Yeshua. And with our coupon code, it is under $20 to get it. Um, if you guys want to listen to the audiobook, I highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I do. So check that out. And yeah, I was wants- saying the audiobook, the. That's the abridged version, and the abridged version of these two series right, really like six hundred some pages. So yeah, you get there, your money's worth for sure. There's great stuff there, you guys. Make sure you check it out. Um, also, you know, Legal Shield. Hey, if you're not a member of Legal Shield yet, let me just tell you: for twenty five dollars a month, you can get unlimited access to an attorney. You can get your will done. You can have unlimited consultations. You'll never get a big bill. Get your will done. Uh, in fact, Randall and I were talking about this. One of the benefits that we reaped recently, uh, Randall had something go go wrong with his car, um, and ended up calling Legal Shield up about it, and um, they gave him some advice. They told him what to do about it because it was a, it was a, what was it exactly, Randall? That happened with your car? It was under warranty or something? No, it wasn't under warranty. It's a thirteen-year-old car. Yeah. Well, it was thirteen. It's going on twenty. Uh, not thir- 20, it's gone. It's 2020, so it's gone 14 years old. Between 13 and 14 years old. Anyway, there was a water intrusion into the evaporation system, the, the, the system that collects the gasoline vapor. It's an emissions thing. And water got in there. Uh, it rains hard around here. but It does. But it's because of a design defect, a well-known uh uh, design defect. There was a technical service bulletin that was released back in the day. There wasn't a recall, but it's like, hey, if a customer comes in and reports this, this is what you do. Yeah. And if it's under warranty, you just replace it. But otherwise, anyway. And there were several people, if you look this up on the web, there several people ticked off about it because they had to pay lots of money. And, and it's like, hey, you know, it's not, it's not like this thing just wore out. This is a design defect. So, anyway, long story short, uh, an attorney at Legal Shield instructed me what to do. There's nothing legally that could be done because it was long out of warranty in the state of Tennessee. Ten years is a limitation on anything like that. But I said, hey, talk to them about this. And Anyway, long story short, uh, ended up getting a $500 credit for my $750 repair. Which would not have happened with, without the lawyer. Right, I wouldn't have. So that's five hundred bucks in our pocket. So, just saying, people, if you're not a member of Legal Shield, it's totally worth it. And that's not—I mean, that's only one of the stories we have for using it in less than two years that we've had it. 
So if you want to know more info, contact me directly. I can um, give you that information. Also, if you need identity theft protection, I can also give you information about that as well. Super happy to help you with that. Um, I am, one of the things I am, I'm interested in finding out is if Kobe Bryant had a will. Um, because one of the things I always talk about here is you need to get a will done. If you're over 18 years old, you need a will. If you don't feel like you have anything, you know, like, like if you're super young, you're like, well, I don't own anything. I don't, you know, I don't need a will for anything. You need a will. You need a will for a couple of reasons. Number one, it will give in legal instructions what to do when you die regardless of who, you know, who ends up helping that situation. Number two, if you, you need a, you need advanced directives done, you know, you need all of that stuff. We provide all that stuff. And here's the thing. Let's say you're single, you're 19 years old, you get in a car accident, you're incapacitated. You know, if you don't have in writing what you want done, you're, that's going to be a nightmare for whoever gets to take care of you. You need to get that stuff in writing and it's not expensive with our, with my membership. It's only $25 to do it. The reason there's two reasons I found most people don't get this done. Number one, it costs a lot of money. If you go, if you, if you do it without legal shield, <laughs> it costs a lot of money. I've actually had people sign up for my membership who paid $2,500 for their will. So and the average will in Tennessee is $500. Um, so $20, $25 versus 500 on the low end. That's a no brainer people. So it's because of money, they don't get a will. And it's because they don't understand the law in their states where they're at. And they don't believe that they actually need a will. Um, but you get your advanced directives, your financial power, power of attorney, all that stuff is included, um, in our membership, plus a whole lot of other stuff too. So hit me up for that. Uh, you can contact me through BibleNewsRadio.com directly, or, or if you're a friend, you know me, you know, just get in touch with me, okay? Um, lastly, if you want to donate to Bible News Radio, become a part of our pillar of the communities, then um, you can also donate over at BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give, and we can do that. So let's go ahead and look at some of the comments here in our show, because it looks like we have some judgmental people in our in our show. So let's see, we have, um, let's see, I'm going to scroll through here. Oh, gosh, there's a lot of comments in here, Randall. Um, so Jordan said, by the way, I should say hi, hi to hearts and stars. I know that John was in here earlier. Uh, Kobe was good stuff. Um, Jordan said, Kobe is dead. Shocking news to me and his daughter. Um, let's see. Angel Squire 17 says, what does your title mean? Was Kobe a Christian? Rip Kobe and daughter and the other seven people. Yeah, that's the thing. Let's not forget about the others. Um, Jordan said, sure, his will goes to his wife, Vanessa. That's assuming he had a will. We don't know yet if he did. Well, um, California's a community state, so. Oh, yeah. Good point. State. Cool. Um, yep, he was raised Catholic. I read the article about that. Uh, let's see here. So Angel Squire 17 says, if God owned Am office, you would be right outside his office taking in calls. Intelligent judgment is still judgment. We're all sinning. That's all you heard. LOL. 
Just say it. You don't believe it. You're preach. This is all from Angel Esquire, by the way. Not sure what that means. Yeah, Snatch12 said, oh, shut up. Quit, ca quit, cap quit capitalizing on the death of this man. Um, the Arizona Kid says, I'll have eternal hope. John 3, 16 and 17. Luke 3, 6. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. And 1 John 2, 2. There you go. Um, Awaken to Pray says, Shalom, shouldn't we be praying for the family? And then she says, cannot believe your topic. This is ridiculous. Um, and then she goes on to say, oh my God, lady, you haven't shown any compassion for the families of the deceased. Totally turned off. Um, I don't really mm -hmm. care what you think. So, you know, you're, you're pretty judgmental yourself, I would have to say. Um, Snatch 12 said, oh, shut up. Quit capitalizing on this man's death. Okay, I already read that. Why are you cherry picking verses, says the Arizona kid. Cold robot heart says, do what? And let's see, the Arizona kid, I don't need a will because I'm a middle, minimalist by choice. Oh, it actually shows your ignorance, but that's beside the point. Um, and then Job 3615 was quoted by Servant MUV. There you go. So there you go. We've got some judgmental people in the room. Nice to have you here. Um, you might want to open your ears and you listen to what we're saying. Then you would understand what we're doing in the show. But seeing as you don't come in here all the time, then you really don't know, which means you're probably not saved yourself in the first place. So you might want to listen up. You might learn something. Okay. God only knows. I know. And George says hi. Barb says hi over on YouTube. Yeah. And um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, so with that said, usually on Sunday night, we do Bible study. Something that a few of you might want to learn how to do. And... Uh, <laughs> Hi, Gina. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and Randall's going to talk. <laughs> yeah, you've been warned. Yeah, you have. You've been warned, people. Yeah. You know, I, I just have to say one thing. Okay, look. Just one? Just, just briefly. You know, it always cracks me up when you try to do a show. That's a new show, right? Yeah. From a biblical perspective... And when somebody's idol dies and you bring up their faith and you try to report what they believe about their faith from a biblical perspective, they accuse you of being judgmental and you get these asinine comments like these people have said, right? Yeah. And my question to you people out there who are, who are act, acting this way is, don't you have anything better to do with your time than to come into a different show that you've never even been in and, and do this? Do you worship the ground Kobe Bryant walks on? Is he your savior and God? Is it wrong to report a news story about his Catholic faith and then examine it biblically? I don't think so. Nobody's being uncompassionate here. We're actually sharing the gospel, which will save you in eternity in hell, okay? If you actually listen to it. If you actually listen to what we're telling you, you open the book, you read it, and you learn what the gospel is, it will save you in eternity in hell if you actually receive Jesus. Whether or not Kobe Bryant did, I don't know. I hope he did. It's a 50-50 chance, right? I mean, as far as I know, he never walked around preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ or mentioned the name of Jesus. So I would think, based on all the outside evidence, he didn't know the Lord. But I don't know. Only God knows. Just because somebody sets up an orphanage or gives to the poor doesn't mean they're a Christian. 
And that is there, that is a big, big difference between works-based religion, which is the Catholic Church by and large, and faith in Christ, which is taught in the scripture, you know, and that is the difference. And whether or not you see what I'm saying is loving or not, I don't really care, you know, because what I am saying is very loving because if you took the time to read it, you would see that if you're honest intellectually. But if you're not, and all you are is just a troll or, you know, out there, you just want to beat somebody up with your words because you're mad that your idol died, then, um, you know, then that's your problem. You got to deal with it. All right, Bearface, back to you. What about the saying, never saying that's your problem, not mine? I didn't hear the message. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. We've been in the first epistle of John, first John. And, um, well, I was going to do a quick little summary, but first let's just, let's pray. Uh, because I strongly advocate approaching the Word of God prayerfully. It's the only book that comes with its author. And I'm going to sneeze now, just so you know. I just want to give you a warning. Maybe I'm not going to. Maybe I am. My nose hasn't decided. Well, I guess not right now. Anyway, the Bible is the only book that comes with its author. And and understanding is there for us to have uh, just by seeking it seeking him the author understanding is available through him let's pray father god thank you for your goodness your grace your mercy lord the grace that we are your undeserved favor mercy not getting what we do deserve and we do lift up uh the bryant family to you and the uh, and the um i'm sorry i can't remember the basketball coach her last name, but that family and all the families impacted by this terrible accident, uh, Lord. And we do pray that uh, through it all, uh, somehow that uh, their faith in you would be strengthened. And pray the same for us, Lord, that as we encounter challenges, that our faith would be strengthened. As we come now to study your word, we pray that you would give us uh, ears to hear, eyes to see, spirits that are sensitive to your spirit, that we might receive all that you have for us. God, open my mouth, open my heart, Lord, that I might communicate um, with accuracy and with love the truths that you have recorded for us. These things I ask in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, the epistle of First John, just looking reviewing chapter one real quickly you know john talked about being an eyewitness of the messiah uh, the christ and you know eyewitness hands handled all that and he brings forth this is the message that we heard and that message being god is light and in him is no darkness at all and you might be thinking well what about the olivet discourse what about the sermon on the mount what about the 40 days that he was with uh, the apostles after his resurrection. What, this is the message? Yes, it's a very important message because it tells us about God's character, that he's light, in him is no darkness at all, no, no gray areas, that God is pure and holy and just, everything that motivates him is out of righteousness, and also uh, it influences, or it informs us rather, 
about our relationship with him. That if we say that we have no sin, we make him a liar. Um, and that if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, it's not about walking a completely sinless, pure life, but recognizing sin for sin, calling it what it is. Not saying, well, this is okay, I can get away with this. God winks at this, and that's okay. Well, this doesn't really matter now. There's, we're under the age of grace, and I can... No, God is light into no darkness at all. And if we walk in darkness, we're not in fellowship with him, because that's his character. Does it Again, does it mean living completely holy and sinless and perfect? No, we can't. Otherwise, we wouldn't need a Savior. But it is be is about being honest about sin, calling sin, sin. In chapter 2, we looked about, we talked about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life, and see how that goes all the way back to the garden, where the serpent tempted, tempted Eve with those three things. And that's the nature of sin, the, the love of the world, uh, and that drawing away from what is right uh, and into darkness. Um, John talks about that you've heard that Antichrist is coming, and many Antichrists are already in the world. And again, the Antichrist being against Christ, instead of Christ, so instead of pure and righteous, there are false teachers that would say, well, this sin is, don't even call it sin, but what the Bible is called sin, they say it's not sin, and this is okay, and, and, um, and seduce people into uh, a love of the world. So, I'm going to just recap uh, chapter 2, beginning at verse 26. Well, verse 25, since it's mentioned our title. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. That's what God has promised us, available through Messiah. Verse 26, these things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye received of him abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So there are those, just like Eve in the garden, um, you know, saying, came along, has God really said, you know, but it sounds so black and white, but there's really this gray area, because, you know, he knows. There, there's some, you know, he's holding out from you, because there's, there's, there's this part that's just for you. You know, it sounds like really dogmatic, and but but you know what? It's not it's not exactly true what God is saying. There's maybe half truth. There's this other, and and that's the the nature of Satan and those of his servants, willingly or unwillingly, is to seduce people into abiding um, with Christ, not walking in the light, and. So he said, hey, the anointing which you receive him abides in you. You don't need that any man teach you. Yes, we need to grow uh, in our knowledge of the Lord. But, but you, the Holy Spirit should be teaching you, should be convicting you of truth and of sin and of righteousness. When something's not right, you ought to know it. And now, little children... John writes, technia, which is this like an endearing thing. 
Abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. And again, that's not just doing right things, and that's the evidence of, of someone who's in Christ is the good things they do. Again, not a works-based religion, but when it comes to sin, they recognize sin for what it is. Instead of someone practicing sin and saying it's not sin, that it's okay, you know, that uh, you know, we live in more enlightened times, that we know that some people are born this way, or you know, whatever it is, or I can't help it, or um, that, well, we need to reinterpret Scripture. It sounds like, it sounds like God is forbidding this, but really, <laughs> nothing new under the sun, people. Just like in the garden. Has God really said this? Well, he knows that. And, and Satan begins to twist the truth. There are antichrists, there are false teachers that begin to twist the truth. And don't call sin, sin. They try to make allowance for it and even celebrate sin and would have, would have others walk in darkness rather than in the light. And, and here it's, a, it's sort of a, I don't want to say, um, what do I want to say? It's unfortunate that we have chapter divisions here because it kind of breaks the thought. Um, John just saying that, you know, abiding in him is what we ought to do so that when he appears, we not be ashamed uh, because we basically, we haven't been in darkness or any gray area hiding in shadows. We, we're ready to see him. And so John chapter three, verse one, the thought continues. Remember, this was a letter. It wasn't written as a book with chapters and verses letter. John says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Let's stop there. Stacy was reading earlier from John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received him, he gave the power to become children of God, or the authority to become children of God, is, is the idea in the Greek. As many as, re, as, many as believed in him. Um, you know, your parents aren't my parents, my parents aren't your parents, etc. Um, for non-biological children to be part of a family, they have to be adopted, and it's a legal process. There's an authority given, a legal authority, for a child to be adopted into a family. And the same with the family of God, that there is there's a legal authority that happens to be received, become one of God's children. And there in the gospel, it tells us, as many as received him... Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, he gave the right or the legal authority to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. So it's believing and receiving. And so John writes in this letter, says, Behold what manner the love behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, that we should be called the sons of God. Think about it. What kind of love? You know, Paul writes in Romans that God demonstrates his love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, what, what kind of, that's, that's crazy love. Um, the, the God of the universe would make us children of God. What manner of love is that? Just, just behold, just, you know, let it, 
blow you away, let it rock your world. What matter that, that we, we, mere human beings who are sinners and know it, and call sin, sin and say, hey, we need a savior. Um, we should be called the sons of God, not just wards of the state or, or um, free to go or on parole or you know anything like that. Uh, rugrats, illegitimate children. No, but children of God. Wow, what kind of love? Behold, a matter of love. The Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. They don't recognize people that are in the world pursuing the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. They don't recognize the children of God, because they just don't understand it. Um, you know, children of darkness rather than children of the light, then they just don't get it. You know, they don't recognize what it is to be a child of God because they are not one. Two, beloved, now are we the sons of God or children of God. Um, the King James runs it sons, but in Greek it talks about children, the offspring. It's, it's male and female people. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it does not appear yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is now john reiterates this is that we should be called the sons of god but it's not a future thing that we should be called children of god it's not something we're going to become when we put our faith in in the messiah in christ when we receive him believe in his name um it's not something we're going to be someday. That the children of God is, is is some future thing in eternity. You know, as many received Him, He gave the authority, the right, the power to become the children of God. Even those who believe in His name, it's not a future thing. It's it's a now thing. It's not that we, you know, should be called the children of God as as something that's in our future. Beloved, now now we are the children of God. Right now, we are in his good graces. We are in his favor. We are legally his. We've been adopted by the Father. We've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Um, we are his. And the, and the Holy Spirit, as a seal of that, of that adoption, we're now the children of God. But... It, it doesn't, or and, and, it does not yet appear, well, we shall be. We're already children of God, but there's more ahead, but we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, that is, you know, in his presence, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What does it mean to be like him? I think it means a lot of things. One, uh... Uh, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. Um, but so we'll be like him. We will have eternal bodies and that's a whole nother study and stuff that just kind of messes with my head. I can't quite explain, but we're going to be in a physical sense like him, 
but then we will also be like him, totally righteous. We won't need a savior anymore. You know, there won't be this process of sanctification. Yes, we are saved, but we are being sanctified. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we're going to be saved. For those who have put their faith in Messiah, in Christ, in Jesus, Yeshua, as many as received him, believed in his name, have been saved from the pen penalty of sin, and with the aid of the Holy Spirit and our confessing our sins, recognizing sin for sin, we are being saved from the power of sin, and the one day when we shall see him as he is, we will be, will be saved from the very presence of sin. So now we are the children of God. Right now, it's a done deal. Uh, as we'll look in chapter 5 when we get to it. I'll save it for chapter 5. <laughs> it explains it more. But we're now the children of God. And there's, there's more. Um, when we see him... We'll be like him, for we'll see, we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope, what hope? That we're going to be like him. That we're, that it, although we are saved, children of God, we're saved from the penalty of sin, and we are being saved from the power of sin, one day we're going to be saved from the very presence of sin. And that's the hope that we have. And every man that has this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure you know um, when something's coming we want to prepare for it we want this to be the rude this rude transition okay you know well you know we're going to be like him we're going to be sinless we're going to be saved in the very presence of sin so let's send it up now you know like mardi gras fat tuesday before ash wednesday you know we're gonna have to give up stuff for lent so let's pour on the fleshly stuff now no that's that's, you know, should we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's not the idea. We want to be purifying ourselves so that when he appears, we're like him. It's like, it's this smooth transition, if you will. It's like, yeah, I've been waiting for it. I've been getting ready for you. Um, maybe you, when you were a kid, you know, parents might say, you know, get get dressed up. We're going to grandma's house or whatever. And then if you say what nah, I don't want to, I'm just gonna wear I'm just gonna wear my play clothes and whatever. If Grandma doesn't like it, that's her problem, you know. Or, or you know, you should dress up for a job interview. Well, screw them, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my ratty jeans and you know it's, I'm not gonna pretend to be anything. If you know if they don't, you know, I'm gonna be me. If they don't like me, forget it. I mean, is is that the attitude we take? That's an attitude of rebellion. What that is, I don't care what. You know, where I'm going is like, I'm me, and I'm going to be myself, and I'm not going to conform to anybody or anything, because, you know, I'm, you know, i got to be true to me, got to be true to me. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's rebellion, that's, um, that's the nature of sin, it's selfishness. Um, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he, Yeshua, Jesus, is pure that's that's you know we want to conform ourselves to him to get ready uh to be uh in his presence not fighting it uh, you know tooth and nail all the way we don't want to be dragged kicking and screaming <laughs> to his presence 
you know, I don't know about you, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, that um, the foundation that was laid for me in, in the sacrifice of Christ, I want to build upon that of uh, valuable things, things that are pleasing to him, and living a life that as close as, as you know, as much as is possible with me uh, to reflect that life that uh, he lived and invested in me. So verse 4, whoever commits sin transgresses also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Um, pretty clear that sin is transgression of the law. Yeshua lived a sinless life. He lived in perfect accordance with with the law in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Uh, he was... the you know, as the promised Messiah, the anointed one, he said, do not come to think that I have come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it in every way. He kept the letter of the law. Uh, and even the spirit of the law he kept. Uh, when when the religious leaders had their own twists on things, uh, twisted to suit their com creature comforts and whatnot, and their proclivities and their sensitivities, uh, that's why the Sermon on the Mount is full of, you have heard it said that, but I say to you, this is, this is the interpretation you've been getting from the religious, you know, oligarchy, but let's go back to what the law really says. And so, at the end of the day, sin is transgression of the law. God put down uh, what holiness is, showing us his character and showing us our character, our sinfulness, as Paul writes, that the law was our schoolmaster, basically showing us where we fall short of the holiness of God. I would have not known covetousness, as the law said, thou shalt not covet. Um, those things in the law. And so sin is a transgression of the, of the law. I don't care what God's holiness is. I'm going to do this way. So whoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for the sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and him is no sin. Christ came to take away our sins, to be treated the way we deserve to be treated. He carried our own sins upon him. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The reason he came forth, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, was not only to show us a father, but primarily to take away our sins. How did John the Baptist um, reveal him, uh, being recognized with him. He says, Behold, the one who reveals the Father. No, that wasn't his primary identity. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's why the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, for the primary reason was to take away our sins. Uh, to, to take on human flesh, that he might live in our, that he might die in our stead. Um, as the kinsman redeemer, and that's a whole other thing. Uh, but uh, to be that mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So whoever abides in him sins not. Whoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. And again, this is not, oh, I fell down, I messed up. Oh, I, oh gosh, I said a bad thing or thought a bad thought or I cursed somebody out or I smoked a joint, or had a drink, or whatever it was, and now I'm completely, uh, I don't know Christ? No. 
is talking about, again, going back to chapter 1, about the light and the darkness, walking in darkness and refusing to call it sin, to say we've not sinned, we make him a liar, to say we have no sin, but it's confessing sin, calling sin, sin. And as long as we live in this human flesh, I believe we're going to sin. Hopefully, less and less as time goes on, the nearer we draw to Christ, the less often we are going to sin. As someone who's been walking with the Lord for 30 plus years, I find my sins more of omission than commission. It's not things I'm doing, it's things I'm not doing, they ought to do. And so, but again, it's recognizing it's not just committing a sin, it's, it, it's committing sin, walking in sin, and thinking no big deal, God doesn't care, this isn't sin. Plainly looking at the word of God, calling what sin is sin, and saying, no, that's wrong. Has God really said that? Did God really mean that? No. So whoever abides in him sins not, whoever sins has not seen him, neither knows him, because they wouldn't have this rebellious attitude. They wouldn't have this, well, this isn't sin. Who's ever looked uh, you know, uh, figuratively into the eyes of Christ, who's ever been touched by his spirit, recognizes that they're a sinner and and they want to live life that pleases him. So, verse 7, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Again, it's not this, oh, you know, I've given my money to the poor, give my body to be burned, I, you know, speak in tongues, all those things that Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 talks about. He says, I do all these things and have not love, I am nothing. It's not... It's not about works. It's as opposed to living a sinful life, doing things in sin and not calling it sin, walking in darkness. Walking in light, you see sin for what it is. Even when you do it, you're like, man, I blew it. Lord, I'm sorry. I screwed up. And uh, Lord, forgive me. That's walking in the light because light exposes uh, sin. But walking in darkness, clueless as to what sin even is, that you're even doing it. So, let no one deceive you. Who that does righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. That is, that that they're not living um, a, a willfully ignorant sinful life. By contrast, verse 8, He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, didn't it say that he was manifested back here? He was manifested to take away our sins? Is it, is it contrary that he says that the, for the, the, this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, he might destroy the works of the devil? No, it's completely synonymous. The works of the devil is sinfulness, it's pride, it's selfishness. Going back to the devil, who, you know, Satan, that dragon, the serpent of old, the, the Hasatan, you know, the many names he has in Scripture. The deceiver, you know, the adversary. Uh, it was about him. I will ascend. I'll be my, like the Most High. And forget, you know, this is, uh, you know, what about me, 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 me? And and certainly in opposition to God, the, the devil was a sinner from the beginning. and And works to deceive others. Has God really said that? Well, he's he's holding back from you because he really knows that you. When you eat this, your eyes will be open. Oh, you'll be like gods, and you'll yeah. And 
And so Christ was manifested, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us to take away our sin, to destroy the works of the devil. For the, the devil is a, is a sinner, or sins from the beginning. And that's why he came forth, to deal with our sins, the primary purpose. Christ came into the world, the Son of God, the Word of God became flesh, was to deal with the sin issue, destroy the works of the devil, take away our sins uh, through his sacrifice. Whoever is born of God, verse 9, does not commit sin. And this is an ongoing, you know, it's not, doesn't, doesn't say that they don't commit a sin or they don't, you know, stumble or mess up sometimes. But whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Like, ongoing and unfazed by it. For his seed, that is God's seed, remains in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. Again, it doesn't say he cannot commit a sin or he cannot stumble. He cannot sin. A person who is born of God, who has the Holy Spirit in him, who has the seed of God, you know, the Holy Spirit in them, who has believed in and received Christ, can't live a sinful life. Uh, it, it just can't happen. You know, it's been said the most miserable person in the world is a carnal Christian. Because they're quenching the Holy Spirit. If they're living for the flesh, it's just... Uh, and aware of their sin. But continue... I don't think... I don't think... Well, the scripture says... Forget what I think. The scripture says, Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. That he can't sin. He can't continue in a life of sin if if he's truly born again. So verse 10, in this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, you know, are manifest. Whoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. If, you know, judge none, you should not be judged. Well, here's, here's, here's the way they're made manifest. I mean, here, here we can kind of tell. The one, the one that doesn't do righteousness, that is, they live a sinful life and are unapologetic about it. The, this isn't sin and, oh, that, you know, the law of God, where that's antiquated and, and, and uh, you know, God's grace abounds. You know, this hyper-grace movement that I can do whatever I want and I'm not going to feel guilty about it, whatever, and you can call it that, but you're... You're old-fashioned. You're a legalistic, you know, fundamentalist, and blah, blah, blah. that person—they're not—they're not a child of God. This is in this the children of God are manifested, and the children of the devil. Whoever does not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother, one that hates somebody. Um, you you can again you can struggle with forgiving someone or. Like, man, I hate it when this happens. I hate people when people do this. But to hold hatred for someone, which is different than saying, God, help me to forgive this person. God, help me to love them. You know, recognize him for what it is. But the person just, I, I hate those people. I hate that person. I hate this, this person in the church. I just hate them. I'm not me talking. This is, this is the word of God. We, this is how the children of God are manifest. This is how the children of the devil are manifest. The one that's not doing righteousness is not of God. The one who's living 
un- sin, sinfully unapologetic about it. And neither he that loves his brother, one who hates his brother, just like, you know, Cain slew Abel out of envy, jealousy. Um, there's folks living like that. Word of God says they're they're not of God. They're not they're not the children of God. They're the children of the devil, and yeah, that sounds kind of harsh, but not really. It really sounds kind of loving because there's not this gray area. Like in right there in chapter one, this is the message we hear from him. Declare to you that God is light; in Him is no darkness at all. There's not this gray area. There's not this. Area where, well, maybe that's okay, man. It's not. It's <laughs> you're walking in the light. You're walking in darkness. You 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 recognize sin for what it is, and you confess your sin. And he he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Or you say, this isn't sin. I don't have any sin. I'm okay. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't care what that says. I'm I'm okay. I don't. You're you're a legalist, whatever, and and those people suck, and I hate them, and I hate you and your stupid fundy ways. Or, <laughs> um, that's that's how you can tell children of God, children of the devil, the latter, of course, being children of the devil. Person who's endeavoring to walk with God that feels guilty for their sin and wants to live, you know, purifies himself, that has a hope that talks about the Lord returning and looking forward to it. And wants to live a pure life. Pretty, pretty good indication. That's a child of God. Someone who who says, "Where's this promise of His coming? Nothing new under the sun." And and I and I hate those people. And they can go to church every Sunday, Wednesday, and you know, <clears throat> Sunday evening, Sunday morning, and Wednesday evening, and you know, Saturday morning, whatever. But if they're living a an unapologetic life of sin and harboring hatred, they're the children of the devil. All right, we're done here. And do you want to ne- take next do week? You want, do you want to take comments and yeah? Next questions? week we'll finish out chapter three. Yeah, comments and questions. Love them. All right, so I'll read you the comments. There's quite a few that came in here. Um, okay, I'm just gonna square. Um, do this. Okay, so. Uh, the Arizona kid has a lot to say. Good. A while back, he said, We are not sinners. God paid my sin debt in full. It shouldn't be our identity. Do we sin? Yes. Um, if if you're living a perfect life, power to you. Can uh, I finish reading his all right, comments? Go ahead. All right. The one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So, yes, he was a Christian despite the dom- denomination one is. Look at yourself, right. Matthew 5 7. Then you can work on your own salvation, Philippians 2.12. Oops, wait a minute. I'm going to scroll through here. Oh. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to see. There's a couple of verbose people in here. Oh. Uh, true. I think maybe people are seeing the title and think this is a critique of Kobe Bryant. Well, which is, which, I, okay, wait, hold on. True Warriors in here as well. Let's see here. I'm trying to read everything. True Warrior this says, says, this is... The Gospel, First Corinthians fifteen one to four. Yeah, it is impossible not to sin. Only Jesus did not sin. Right. Um, hold on. This guy is of works based Bible, referring to you. 
Okay. We don't get saved by works. We are no. saved by grace alone. Right. Hey, you forgot to, to mention Ephesians, you know, 2 8, where that's from. Yeah. But we are under the gospel of, of Paul, grace. Right. This is false scripture. Everyone, don't listen to this. Read this and believe this in your heart. Um, okay. So that's all about you, Bareface. Okay. And then the real Joan Crawford says clickbait from this fake Trump Christian. Fake Trump Christian. Are you a fake Trump? Are you a fake Christian? And then, or is Trump a fake Christian? Or and then Omega, somebody says the righteous is to judge so they can chill with that crap. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, well, let means. me let me just say, James. You know, James. Look, dude. I mean that in a brotherly way, dude. Dude, man. James, my dude. <laughs> nice hat in your picture, by the way. My husband knows the gospel, just so you know. And you might want to shut up before you make judgments like you're making by calling him a false teacher. You know, saying he's teaching a false gospel. So, you know what? Here's the thing. You go open your own periscope and get on your own periscope and preach the gospel the way that God has led you to do it. And we'll do it here our way. Okay? Just so you know. Hey, Sean just showed up. It's about time, bud. What have you been doing? You've been watching the Kobe Bryant worship service over on uh, uh, Facebook? Everybody is worshiping. Hey, Sharon and Forrester over on um, YouTube. Okay, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> can you tell I'm from New York? Can mm. you? Yes, by grace we have been saved, not of works that no one should boast. Um, right. By grace through faith, it's by grace, it's by, it's by grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone. That's right. how salvation comes. And when right. we get to, um... First John chapter five, going to make that extremely plain. Oh, well, he but says, the preach time, the blood of Jesus. Okay, so here we go. Let's pick and choose scriptures out of context no. and then preach them. No, well, that's not what we do here. We preach the scripture in the context, which you need to learn to study it in context. Mm. I think you'll chapter come to by the, chapter, verse by verse. Right, that's the issue at hand. But uh, but anyway, and 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 John in this this letter, this first epistle. Sets the, the the tenor of his message when he says, "This is the message we've heard from him, and declared it unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all." And that theme plays out uh, through the epistle, where uh, and then he talks about Antichrist and lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, all this stuff. These these um these areas of gray wait wait wait, wait, wait. Yeah. i want you to read this last comment this is funny <clears throat> okay everything prior to the death of christ is old testament i rightly divide the word of truth well then if you actually rightly divide the word of truth then you know that the most of the new testament is the old testament quoted right um you do about, know that right dude about 70 percent of what yeshua of what jesus said is either a direct quotation or an allusion to an old testament passage well, he says, for there to be a New Testament, there must be a death of a testator. Right, yes. <laughs> right, there is a New Testament. The, the New Testament, Jeremiah 31. Um, behold, says God in those days, I will make a new covenant, etc., with, with the house of Judah and the house of Israel. Hi, Daniel. 
uh, you know, when people no longer say, know God, but they shall know them, know him, um, etc. Jeremiah 31, I'm not going to quote it all. But yes, the, the New Testament was um, initiated with the Messiah. Uh, as he said, this, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. And we could talk about the Passover meal and the cup of redemption and all that kind of stuff. It's just powerful stuff. Do you, but, want, do you want to take any other cups? Sure. <laughs> yes. So suddenly, nine, who has a really unattractive picture, says, all y'all still conflict with Muslims? Y'all waiting for Armageddon or something? No, I, I don't plan to be present when the, <laughs> when the Battle of Armageddon takes place in the Valley, uh, the valley just... of Megiddo. <laughs> Uh, and then this person, Danielle, says to suddenly Muslims are going to hell. Well, there you go. That's not inflammatory or anything. Where's your compassion? Yes. That's that's what everybody always says. It's I don't, like, where did that come from? Well, I mean, it came from a comment on what, Periscope? But, yes, it's on Periscope, of course. But I, well, I know, but what's, it just seems like a non sequitur. Is that what Jesus teaches about. conflict and war and hate? Why don't you open the Bible and read it? Then you'd know what Jesus teaches. Mm-hmm. Why do you come in here if you're just going to troll? I mean, you're just being a troll. Where, where's yeah? Where's the hate and wars? I don't recall yeah. mentioning wars or. I love I trolls. Did, I did mention the word hate. So you know, he who hates his brother is not of God. That's that's in John's epistle. Anyway, epistle. children, children. My little children. My little children. Speaking of little children, I gotta show you some cute pictures. Wait, hold on a second. Mm. So tonight I'll show you a picture of me. Wait, wait, hold on. You, I don't know about the me children. and adults. Check this out. Okay, so I was at Awana earlier tonight teaching I children. I wouldn't show the children. I know. So this is me earlier tonight. Yeah, it is. I was wearing a green let hat. Me Can you see that? Let me show you. That's fine. That's me. And my two friends that teach the children because other people are too lazy to come in and teach children. Uh, <laughs> Tell see. us how you really feel. Well, it's true. And then there's there's me. Here's me and Brent. Brent's super cool. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. This is the type of people leading children. There's me. Yep. And there's the children. Don't look at them really fast. Yeah. Can't see their faces. <laughs> Uh, and then there's me wearing a green hat. Yeah, I am. This is me outside Bible News Radio. <laughs> ah, don't be haters, people. Don't be haters. Some of you are, but that's okay. God knows you. He knows where you live. Yeah, he gets you. Do you ever grow up with that type of faith? That you know? Did you guys grow up with? So tonight I was teaching the kids. I had them. I had them. My coworker teacher didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got two. Te- I got two classes, and uh, so I read the ch- first. I asked them. Well, I shared with them about how I became a Christian, you know, and didn't have the opportunity to be in a Christian home growing up. And um, anyway, long long story sh- short, um, it was super cool. It was really fun. Nothing like sharing the gospel with people who want to hear it and not argue about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus did die for the trolls and the buttheads 
and the know-it-alls, and the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. And Kobe Bryant. Hopefully Kobe Bryant received him. God only knows, literally, if he did or not. His child. That's tragic. And I can't even imagine what Vanessa's going through. That's, I can't even. Yeah, to be bereft of your husband and a child. But I'm going to say something. The... And it's not going to be popular, okay? And uh, I don't, I don't like everything else. And I don't mean so this far. in a in a mean way or anything, but I'm just going to say something. Let's be honest. How many of you people out there who are worshiping Kobe Bryant and you're all sad that he died? How many of you even thought about him yesterday? How many of you prayed for him yesterday? If you really, truly gave a crap about him at all in his family, was he on your prayer list? Were you praying for him all the time? I don't think so. So I see the outrage and the condemnation of, well, you're not praying for him, blah, 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 as total hypocrisy. Because it's like, it's just like whenever some famous Christian or, or non-Christian or just some famous celebrity um, yeah. dies, it's like all of a sudden, you know, it's the tragedy of the universe. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Kobe Bryant wasn't in my mind for years, okay? I didn't worship the guy. Yeah, he was a great basketball player, accused of rape, by the way, in case you forgot. Accused. And let's just I've say... I've been accused of being a false teacher. And... I know. Well, but anyway, my point is, is I find it irritating, I guess that's a good word, that everybody and their grandmother, and I just say say that in you know to nice nice grandmas. But I find it irritating that all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, we're all crushed and devastated beyond words. It's like my life is impacted forever. I actually want to shout out the Money Badger over on TikTok. You know why? You should go follow the guy, the Money Badger on TikTok. I'm going to tell you why. I don't know this guy. I don't even think he's a Christian. But he's good at flipping books and stuff like this. But here's the thing. The money badger, he gets on TikTok today. And this this is pure great gold, okay? He gets on TikTok and he says, you know, it's really a tragedy that Kobe Bryant died. Totally. And it is, right? I mean, it's, it's a tragedy when anybody dies, okay? And then he goes on to say, TikTok isn't a children's app. You might want to get educated. Anyway... I, so this guy, see, he goes on to talk about, it. he goes, okay, now I know that this probably isn't going to set well with people, some people, but you know what? Now is the time to be making some money by getting some Kobe Bryant gear. If you could find anything with an autograph and, and he went on and he talked about, this is the time to capitalize because there will no longer be any autographs of, of Kobe Bryant. Okay. So this is the thing that drives me crazy. The f complete royal hypocrisy of our society and culture. It's like, Nobody gave a crap about Kobe Bryant the day before and give a crap about his salvation the day before, right? But then all of a sudden, just because he played some good basketball a couple of years, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we got to worship him and we got to, like, let's pray for his family. You know, let's do, I mean, and, and I'm not saying not to pray. No, I'm not saying that, of course, because we actually did pray. But it's hypocrisy at the highest degree to get out there and, like, act all like he was so important in your life when none of you I can pretty much guarantee gave a crap about him two days ago so you know those of you out there who are like well you're this and you're that you're a freaking hypocrite yourself 
And that's what gets me. It's just like, okay, you're a holier than thou Christian coming in here and being all, well, I should be this way. Who said? I mean, who the heck are you to tell me how to be as a believer when you're a hypocrite? You didn't even think about him two days ago and you weren't praying for him either. And so that's what really gets me. And you know, how dare you, Stacey Harp, say that. You know what? I'm going to say it because I'm an honest person. I don't walk around as a Pharisee, you know, and in every show, almost, I would say the majority of the shows that I do, I am always warning you people that the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die and after the judgment. So you better be ready for the day that God calls you home. Plus, I sell legal shield, which means I sell wills. And I'm always talking about making sure that you guys are provided for and your wills are done. So, you know, I'm always here talking about death and warning you that you could die any day, right? But now all of a sudden, Kobe Bryant, some people you worship, kiss his butt. It's like, oh my gosh, he's the greatest basketball player in the universe. You know what? He pooped the way you do. He walked on water. Not the way you do. He never walked on water. He was a human being. And yes, he died suddenly in a tragic accident. And I'm going to tell you something. God knows the day that your expiration date is up. So you better be right with God, people. You better. And I don't mean that in a mean way. You better be. Instead of coming in here and judging and, you know, saying this, this, and this, you better pay attention to your own salvation right? And so me and Randall, that's what we're doing. We are trying to get you ready. You know, whether or not you die tomorrow or in 50 years, that's God's choice. Kobe Bryant, pretty sure, wasn't expecting to die today. And neither was his 13-year-old kid either, right? And I'm sure his wife wasn't expecting to go to bed tonight without part of her family. Okay, so I'm just saying, people, you know, get real. Stop acting as if this changes your whole stinking world, because it doesn't. But what will change your whole world is if you die without Christ. Because when you do that, you will be separated and you will be in a fiery pit created for the devil and his angels. Just saying. Okay, and whether or not you believe me, I don't give a crap if you believe me. Open up God's word and read it. And read it in its context and prove it wrong if you dare, you know, and then you decide, you know, some of you are so full of hubris and arrogance. It, you just smack a pharisaical, you know, hypocrisy. It just blows me away. Unbelievable. It's like this BS that you really give a crap about people in general when there is zero evidence to it in your comments, at least in Periscope. You know what? It's time to get real, people. You know, stop worshiping other human beings and put your faith in Christ alone. He's the only one that's going to save you. And if you get mad at me, ask me if I care. Really, people. Does it look like I really care? No, I don't care. But what I will say is that I do care about your salvation. This other BS is worshiping the ground Kobe Bryant walked on, though. He had nothing to do with your life, people. And if you are so ingrained and wrapped and stalkerish in his life, well, then maybe you have a mental problem you need to have dealt with. Other than that, this is the world's pablum. You know what? It has nothing to do with you. Maybe you should get, you know, in God's word and read it. Okay, I'm done. You be quiet, Sean. I'm going to smack you. All right? Because he says, tell me how you really feel. So, 
Anyway, so that's this. It just drives me. It drives me crazy. The other thing, it drives me absolutely crazy. There's tragedy in the world every single stinking day. Most of it never touches you. But then all of a sudden, pray for whatever, you know, fill in the blank. I have an idea. Why don't you actually have your own prayer life and you pray in secret for other stuff and all you fake apostles and heretics here on Periscope, why don't you stop praying and looking like a Sadducee and a Pharisee out there praying for everybody? Why don't you get in your own prayer closet, pray in secret like God's word says instead of acting like this religious person and, and you know, and all that. That's what drives me crazy and it makes me sick that you know, everybody gets suckered into this. Like, you really give a damn. Seriously. How many of you seriously thought about Kobe Bryant two days ago? Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay? So come in here and, like, blah, act all like, well, blah, blah, blah. You know? It's <laughs> just... <laughs> anyway. Oh, shut up, Sean. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. So you can go and you can do, you know, whatever the heck that you want. I don't really care, except, you know, think about what I said. And if you don't like what I said, too bad. I don't care. You're not me. I'm not you. So build a bridge. Get over it. All right. I'm done. So as I always say, do you want to say anything? Yeah, I was just going to say. Um... <laughs> it better be good or else. Yeah, just, God, yeah, it's just it's, so, uh... it's so hypocritical uh, i would say of of everybody including me you know we hear of some death like like people that i know not just people but, the world famous can i just say one thing in the you event know, that i can, die i want that clip that i just said to be played over and over again mm. as some of my parting words to all of you mm. okay i'm done yeah i was just about to say that yeah i've you know, I can be hypocritical too when someone dies. Not just someone famous, but people I know. Like, uh, you know, recently there's some deaths, and I'm like, wow, that's that's really sobering. You know, yes, it is. Totally you know, sobering. yeah, you know, car crash, plane crash, whatever. You know, nearly 1.25 million people die in motor vehicle deaths every year around the world. Um, you know. And then, is that is that any less tragic than a baby ripped from its mother's womb limb by limb? Nameless children. That's that's a tragic death, right? That's it's a tragic murder going on there. And how many days do I go through not even thinking about that? You know what? So this morning, tonight at Awana, I was talking to the kids about President Trump and how he spoke at the March for Life. And I was talking to them about abortion. You fake Trump Christian or... <laughs> anyway. I, I asked these kids, I said, so how many of you know that it's legal in America to kill babies in your mommy's tummy? And you know, none of them raised their hand. They're like, no. And you just saw the look on their face. They were like... Rightly so. Yeah. So, you know, we need to be honest people not not th this is what drives me crazy media is scripted frankly this show is not scripted obviously but the media is i'm just saying stop being a stinking hypocrite and acting like you really give a damn about people when you really don't and i'm gonna go back to something i said like four years ago 
I'm going to challenge you because you, some of you were here four years ago. And that was make a most wanted list, people. Make your prayer list. That's a most wanted list. You start praying to pe for people you know don't know the Lord, right? If you really give a crap about people, that's what you do. You pray for their salvation. You pray that they're saved. Because you know what? Lots of people are on that wide gate, that wide path to destruction in eternity without Christ. And what I'm going to say is that's not where you want to go. This life is short, as you know. You know, do I think the death of Kobe Bryant is tragic? Absolutely. Am I sad for his family? You bet I am. But am I grieved personally? And am I feeling this massive loss because of it? No, I'm not. But if he didn't know the Lord, that's tragic. And we don't know if he did or not. As I stated at the beginning of the show, he was Catholic, right? The Catholic Church teaches a doctrine that's unbiblical in most Catholic churches. Whether or not he knew that doctrine, I don't know. If he is a nominal Catholic, most likely he didn't know the Lord. I don't know. God knows. But here's, here's the thing. What I can say is that you need to make a prayer list for people that you care about who don't yet know the Lord. And if you don't know the Lord, you need to figure that out. You know, we explained it in this show tonight. You could go back and watch it or you can just open a Bible and read it and God will show it to you. You know, because that's one thing God never does. He never sets us up to not be able to find him. The Bible says if you seek him, you will find him when you seek for him with your whole heart. So go do that, people. And to those of you who normally watch our show, I always say, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. And I would also add, you know what? Go ahead and stop being conformed to the ways of this world and be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Pray that God break your heart for the lost instead of breaking your heart for people, you know, who have no impact on you whatsoever, but because our culture worships them and they think that they should kiss the ground they walk on, they should be verified as some type of saint or something. They, they're not. Just so you know. And you know what? Today with Kobe, was Kobe Bryant's and his daughter's day to meet the Lord face to face. Whether or not they knew him, only God knows. And only you will know once you find out, once you die. So, there you, you go. You can know before then. You can know before that. <laughs> and thank you. If you want to add me to your prayer list... Uh, I like that, Stacy. A prayer list. Yeah, get your prayer. Well, you can always pray for me, but yes, get the prayer list. You know what? Today, the sermon at my church was on evangelism and going out there and sharing the gospel. You know, every where your feet are, there's the gospel, and you would be surprised how many people don't know the gospel if you actually talk to them. Right? I mean, we were anyway. That's it. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to be quiet before I get myself in more trouble. So, we'll see you later, people. Remember. I already did say it. You started to. I know the... I said be bold, stand up, go with God cuz he loves you. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>